We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. And Bill, I uh, well, thanks first to uh, all of our subscribers on the CFB Nation Podcast feed, Spotify, and uh, the, uh, the subscribers on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to check us out over there if you want to see the handsome face behind Bill Bender's voice. Uh, thanks again to Irish Breakdown for all their help with our podcast. It's a great place for Notre Dame football, Notre Dame football information. They have podcasts, they have stories at irishbreakdown.com to keep everybody up to date on what's going on with Notre Dame. Um, all right, Bill. Memorial Day is behind us. Now we stand a mere 12 weeks away from week zero on the calendar. Notre Dame Navy will be a part of that week zero slate. And I know you and I both watched some Notre Dame lacrosse this weekend. Yeah. And I noticed some college football writers tweeting about it that, you know, those of us who've been in that sport for a few years, it was cool. Um, Great games. Uh, Obviously I was telling you this morning about the end of the Duke Penn state game. There was a crease violation that wasn't called in overtime. It would be the equivalent of, I would say a game winning touchdown in overtime in a college football semifinal. And a guy stepped out of bounds. The guy stepped out of bounds and they don't review it. <laughs> I couldn't imagine if that was Penn State and um, well, I don't know if Duke's going to the playoff. No offense <laughs> to Duke. But like a Penn State-Notre Dame playoff game. And they're just like, no, um, we're not going to call it. I wonder if anybody on Twitter. But yeah, it was the games were great. Two overtime semifinals. Notre Dame wins the national championship for the first time. Kevin Corrigan. 35 years as the lacrosse coach. Very cool moment for the Irish. It was a lot of fun to watch. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. No question. No question. And a uh, hat tip to my brother who played for the Irish just before Corrigan got there. Um, he was a very happy man on Monday night, for sure. Um, two things we want to talk about this week, college football related. Uh, the SEC scheduling format, which remarkably still appears to be up in the air at this year's spring meetings. They were talking about it last year's spring meetings. Uh, they kick off in Destin this week. And uh, your annual coach rankings at sportingnews.com, you go one, two, this year, 133 FBS teams. You rank them all top to bottom. You've got your formula. You've got your spreadsheets. It's great stuff. Um, so we will get into that as well. So let's start in Destin, uh, where the SEC schools appear to still be split on going with the eight-game schedule or the nine-game schedule. According to 24-7 Sports, the coaches vote on various proposals on Wednesday of this week, the ADs on Thursday, and then the presidents vote on Friday, and they have the final say. I don't know if they're just the rubber stamp for what gets decided earlier in the week or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey appears a bit frustrated Understands the arguments on both sides, um, but he's pushing for the nine game. Uh, there's eight votes that are needed among the 14 schools because Texas and Oklahoma do not have votes yet. So it's a 14 uh, school vote. It's got to be eight, six to change away from the current scheduling proposal. Um, Texas and Oklahoma reportedly are in the nine game camp, but again, they can't vote this year. Your thoughts on why this is taking so long. I have no idea. They should go to nine and get it over with. I mean, this is – I know we're going to review the pros of eight, but you're going to the 12-team playoff area. You have, you have 16 teams in your conference. We can do away with the FCS week. I'm sorry. Like, it's been an – that's an eyesore for the SEC that they play, with all due respect, again, to Citadel and Charleston Southern. And, yeah, we don't need to see that week. Not in the 12-team playoff area. They need to go to nine – they can figure out who those crossover opponents are. Pac-12 went to nine, didn't hurt them. Big Ten went to nine, hasn't hurt them. I think the fact that the SEC is still stuck and there are people stuck on eight games is absurd. And I'll call out any SEC person that says otherwise. Yeah, so, you know, I would say the pros for the eight game, for the people who are arguing for just the eight game, it's, you know, 
bowl eligibility for the lower half of the conference for the, for the Vanderbilt and the Missouri's of the world. Although I think Drinkwitz was talking about, he wants a nine game schedule uh, this week. He was talking about that, but you know, going four and O non-conference uh, and then two and six in the sec is a path to the postseason, which is easier than three and O non-conference and then having to win three sec games uh, for those schools. Uh, the league is obviously not getting any weaker adding Oklahoma and Texas. But I decided to look and see how often this actually does happen, that like a team like Vanderbilt or a team like you know Kentucky, if they're down or whatever, goes 2-6 and six and 4-0 and oh to get into the uh, – to get to bowl eligibility. And in the last 10 seasons with non-conference games, you got to throw out 2020. I went back 10 seasons. Only, it's only happened three times. Uh, I guess 2021 Florida, 2015 Auburn, and 2014 Arkansas went two and six, and then four and zero non-conference. So doesn't happen very often. So you know, for those schools to hold up the vote and 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 kind of deny, you know, better season ticket packages, more attractive ESPN, uh, you know, television inventory, it's not. It doesn't happen as often as you would think. And all three of those teams share something. They underachieved do i i'm not going not going to a nine-game schedule to appease 2021 florida (laughs) i'm just not like it's ridiculous and i mean and when vanderbilt let's be real i know you went there and i if you're holding on to bull eligibility then put your program in a position where you're going to be able to win six games missouri came into the sec knowing that we've seen them in sec championship games if you can't compete in your division and win six games, that's on you. I, I mean, one less game, I, that's a great stat, by the way, and great homework. But it's like I said, with the Big Ten, they went to nine. And at first you were like, man, it's going to be so much harder. It's this, it's that. It doesn't really change the power dynamic at the top. Hasn't changed whether a team got to the playoff or not. If anything, I think an eight-game schedule is going to allow, you, if you're an SEC fan, when we go to the 12 team playoff, an eight game schedule is going to give Pac 12 and Big 10 and even Big 12 teams that play a tougher schedule and don't have that extra game a, a leg up on you for those teams that are borderline playoff teams. Right, right. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, so I was thinking about, you know, what are the cons for the eight, eight game? Uh, you know, the one permanent opponent and then seven rotating uh, for eight conference games. You lose a lot of good potential rivalries. I think Tennessee, Alabama is no longer annual. Georgia, Auburn is no longer annual. Texas, Texas A&M, which everybody's anticipating, would not be annual because Texas would be paired up with Oklahoma, presumably. Georgia would be paired with Florida and Alabama would be paired with Auburn. Um, so the fourth non-conference game for teams will not obviously be as compelling as what a league matchup would be. Um, and then, you know, as, as you've outlined already, there's tons of pros for the nine game, uh, there's, you know, three permanents. So you're going to allow for a team like Alabama, they could have LSU, Tennessee and Auburn annually. Um, you know, there's just more good games, better season ticket packages and, um, you know, the problem that comes with the nine game is we talked about the bowl eligibility for the lower teams and it might get marginally harder 
to get into the college football playoff, if you trip up, let's say on that, you know, theoretically that ninth conference game, you may cost yourself a bid to the CFP. Well, that's they brought Texas and Oklahoma in and they were going to be casualties to the rivalry games, right? Like, so I am interested if they do go to nine games, there's going to be a lot written. I'm sure we'll react to it about the three opponents for each team and, and the consternation that some of these schools, you and I have talked about Alabama a little bit where Nick Saban was complaining that, so if it's LSU, Auburn and Tennessee, they're 22 and five against those schools in the college football playoff era. Like for a, you should not be scared of them, right? If a, for a conference that trumpets, it just means more. Why are you so scared to add one more game? Because it's going to cost you bowl eligibility. Really, they allow five win teams in all the time, so I'm not worried about that. It, it's it's going to cost you a playoff berth. That's I I do think. If you add a ninth game, the SEC is probably going to get the most teams in in the 12-team playoff era. And let's just do it this way. So let's say they go to nine games, and you're Tennessee, and you're sitting there, and you're 9-3, and three, and Minnesota's sitting in the Big Ten at 10-2, and two, and that's for the last playoff spot. I would almost guarantee that that 9-3 and three Tennessee team is getting in over a 10-2 and two Minnesota because of the strength of schedule. The perspective- right, it can work both ways. It can right. help you. With the strength of schedule, exactly. Or it can hurt you by giving you an extra loss that you probably wouldn't have had if you played another cupcake and you just kind of relied on the SEC's reputation. And I think the tie will go to the SEC runner, though, most of the time. I I, It it has in the playoff era. We've seen Alabama get the tie over Ohio State to get in the playoff. Um, They didn't get in last year, but the fact that we were even having discussions about two loss Alabama getting into the playoff at the buzzer. So, I mean, I I really don't think if it's a money thing, that's fine. But the eight game model just doesn't work for me. It I, again, I think it's because you want to match up with the big 10 in particular, because if the big 10 is going to have a nine game model with USC and UCLA coming in, it leads to better games. I always point, Bill, I always point to 2020 and the SEC playing 10 games. And they got the national champion. They almost got a second playoff team with Texas A&M. They pretty much dominated the New Year's Day six. And SEC fans got to see 10 conference games. I thought it was awesome. And apparently the ratings were terrific too. Right. In a COVID year where everything was awful, SEC football was one of the cool things about that season. So I can't. I can see why Greg Sankey's frustrated. He should be frustrated. So an interesting piece of this. So Ross Dellinger of SI.com had this uh, reported that you know the SEC expects more money from ESPN if they're going to add a ninth game. ESPN is not really in the position of doling out more dollars right now when Disney and ESPN are laying people off and having some financial difficulties on their bottom line, they have to start bidding for other rights right now. They already told the ACC network, no, we're not giving you guys more money. You're locked in until 2036. Nice try, but uh, we're not doing it. And it seems to me ESPN has the leverage. Like it's not written in the contract necessarily that they have to pay X amount more. And the athletic directors in the SEC right now are saying it's hard for us to vote on this when we don't know how much more money we're getting. 
Now, Sankey's response to that was, we are the leader. We don't chase the money. We do what we want to do, and the money follows. And that's how we do it. And so if we go to nine games, the money will follow. One solution that Dellinger said is being talked about is for one year in 2024, before ESPN possibly has a little more money to to hand out, is to do a one-year, eight-game, one and seven, you know, permanent ones, you know, one permanent rival and then seven other teams just for 2024 uh, until ESPN can open up the pocketbooks a little more. Um, and they said that might be the compromise that this week produces since we've got half the league wanting eight, half the league wanting nine and not having the particulars of ESPN. I don't think Sankey wants that, but that's one thing that's being talked about. Yeah, and if they do that, fine. I mean, there's going to be some experimentation. I mean, the Big Ten, when they split the divisions, it wasn't perfect. You know, the legends and leaders got mocked, and how they separated the teams wasn't perfect. Now they got it right now, but then they have to redo it again with UCLA and USC possibly. So I, I think leaving yourself some wiggle room for experimentation, especially with the two big brands that they have coming in. But but I, you know... I tell people this all the time when expansion happens. Your viewing experience is going to change. Florida, Oklahoma may become a rivalry. Florida, Tennessee may go away. I mean, this is the consequence of these things. You know, I I always say, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. I grew up when Colorado, Nebraska was arguably the biggest game on TV on Thanksgiving week. They don't even play anymore. There's a lot of excitement for this year's game. But things go away. So I, I'm with Greg Sankey on this one. I, I wouldn't let the money come to you. Don't fall, don't chase it. It's going to come. And it's going to come when Texas and Oklahoma arrive. So, you know, to me, it's nine games. Figure out your opponents. If that's not perfect, you can reevaluate that later. Yeah, you've, you've, we've, you know, put pen to paper and tried to come up with three permanents for each school or whatever. Um, I think the three logical ones for Alabama, for example, you know, the one that uh, Saban's trying to talk about a little bit is, like you said, it's LSU, it's Auburn, and it's a Tennessee. Three rivalries that have a lot of history, a lot of tradition, especially LSU-Alabama recently, not necessarily through the years, but that game has become must-see every, every year. Um, if you were going to compromise, you need Saban's support like you've always said, Michigan, Ohio State, they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're the bosses of the Big Ten. Bama's a boss of the SEC. Saban's not happy with those three. How would you compromise with Nick? If we're if you if Nick's like, we'll do nine and we'll take three permanents, but I don't want LSU, Auburn, and and uh, Tennessee every year. So how would how would you compromise if you were at the SEC? I'd take off LSU. Unfortunately, I mean I. That's the one that's probably least historical, and I would give him one of the Mississippi schools, either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. There's a lot of I, – I, that's one that I'm big on is when they do take away some of these rivalries, I'd go with the historical one. LSU's been big for 20, 20 years or so, but it, it's not Tennessee, Alabama, and it's certainly not the Iron Bowl. Um, and then you can maybe make LSU some natural rivals with – Texas and Texas A&M because they're kind on that side recruiting wise. So mm-hmm. that's the unfortunate, again, that's the unfortunate thing. Um, 
Yeah, I would go the other way. I would say drop Tennessee, swap them out with Mississippi State, keep Alabama and LSU. I love the ties. I love how Saban's coached at both schools. They do recruit against each other. They're border states. Those games have been some of the most memorable. They played for a national championship in the last 20 years. Tennessee one has been kind of on hold for 20 years. It was great last year, of course, but it, you know, they're not as geographically connected as Alabama and LSU. That's the one I would keep, but I would agree with you. I was thinking about Mississippi State maybe as a third. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll figure it out. Like I said, Florida, Oklahoma might be weird. It might turn out something cool. Um, they, these conversations happened when Penn State joined the Big Ten 30 years ago. And now Penn State, Michigan is must see TV every year. And I'm sure Texas will find itself a rival in the SEC. Maybe it, maybe that's Alabama. That's what I, that's the other thing I would do. I would say <laughs> maybe I'd just swing there because I think that'll be the most watched game in September this year. It will be. And, you know, Texas has a lot of, like A&M, obviously, Oklahoma, Arkansas. That would be three natural ones you would think of right off the bat. But even, yeah, Texas LSU, Texas Alabama, like, They've got uh, they've got a lot of possibilities. So um, we'll see. It's good to see that change is coming. Not only that Texas and Oklahoma are coming into the league, but you know, as I've read several times this week, Georgia still has not been to Kyle Field somehow. Um, Texas A&M has been in the league for what, uh, mm-hmm. however long they've been in, and Georgia still has not visited at Texas A&M, which is crazy. Um, so. Yeah, so they'll finally sort this out this week. Um, you know, they're they still have technically, you know, a full year to do it, but Sankey wants it done so they can move forward. And I think, you know, the rest of the college football world, like you, they want nine SEC games. You think you're you kind of wussing out if you only play eight and you're scared to play nine. For sure, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. And we'll have news and reactions at Sporting News this week, and. But it just it just nine makes too much sense. You get the three, then the with sixteen, you're playing six one year, six the other year, three every year. You get to go to the same place once every once every four years. You're going yeah. to be at every venue. That's what I like best. Is you if you're a four year player at a school, in theory, you'll see every SEC venue. Right. Right. And I like, I didn't totally realize this until I started researching it. Like, so you'd have your, let's say your three permanents, you play six and then you play the other six the next year. It's not like a home and home where it's two years back to back. You play six, then you play the other six. And then you flip it in year three and year four to the the home and visitors for these other two, uh, two groups of six. So I like that a lot. Yeah. So that'll be good. Absolutely. So, all right, well, let's get into our sportingnews.com coach rankings next. Uh, but that will be that, that, that was a good talk on, on the SEC scheduling format.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.